What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's podcast. The Britflix.com podcast. Welcome to the Britflix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today I've got to meet Gabe Turner. Hello, Gabe. Hi, how's it going? Going very well. It's going very well. Lack of sleep, but you know, I think I'll survive. <laughs> um, so, do you want to tell us uh, what the film is we're going to talk about and your role on that film first? Um, so, the film is The Governors. Yeah. And my role was I was the writer and the director of the film. Brilliant. That puts you in a good bracket of knowledge for what we're going to do with this podcast. So first off, do you want to give us a brief synopsis of what The Governors is about? Yeah, I suppose The Governors is about uh, the coming together of two very different groups, uh, an older group and a younger group. Um, at its core, really, it's a, it's a film about fathers and sons and relationships and where to apportion blame and whose fault is is what, as it were. But it, it really it centres around these two gangs, um, a gang that used to rule the streets in a certain area 20, 30 years ago, yeah. and a new gang that are coming up now, um, of sort of 18, 19-year-olds that are terrifying the local estate. And after a certain period of time, they, they, uh, they start going looking for the old guys. And by some of their actions, they end up waking the beast and the old guys get back together uh, and they have a showdown at the end between the two. Indeed, indeed. Now I was lucky enough to go and see it at one of the preview screenings a couple of weeks back. It's an excellent film, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, what what compelled you to write the script for Governors? <coughs> you start there? Um, well, I think um, I'd, I'd spoken with Metrodome, who are the distributors, yeah. and they were kind of fascinated by this story that had come out um, during the London riots that was essentially about, um, it, I think it happened uh, somewhere in South London, but there was a group of guys that are taken to the streets to protect their local town centre yeah. from some of the looting that was going on and basically said, you're not going to march um, on our patch, as it were. Um, and so from that kind of, see this idea of like ex-football hooligans that used to be involved in the gang and were kind of straight now and weren't, weren't really getting involved so much, but still, it was all still there and the anger, I suppose, was bubbling under the surface. So it kind of manifested itself in this environment when, when um, when the kids were kind of trying to take over. Yeah. Um, and that kind of seed of an idea led to us trying to develop um, a more complicated story that involved, as I said, that involved fathers and sons and, mm. and, um, and how the landscape has changed over the last 20, 30 years. 
Um, what I wasn't trying to do was was kind of glamorize the olden days and be like, well, they were kind of all right because there were slightly more rules or more of a framework. I was more trying to make the comment that violent kind of ends or leads you down a path that isn't great, no matter when it when it existed, as it were. So even if 20, 30 years ago or now today, if you immerse yourself in a violent sort of style of life some way or another it's going to end up ending badly probably and and it, and it definitely t- it touches on the idea of whether or not you I mean, because you get people like almost 20 years out of time and it's like whether or not it ever leaves you yeah well i think it's very like you can definitely like start again in life mm. and get second chances and move on and everything but i think sometimes that your past can catch up with you mm. um and i think that this was just yeah it was about that kind of deeply ingrained anger that lives inside and as you say sometimes you can't shake that off ever indeed and then, and then in in the writing stage of that then you like you say it's much more complicated than just simply about two two generations having a bit of a, a dust up um, it's about it is about yeah. fathers and their sons uh, what was what would be for you some of the hardest challenges to resolve in the storytelling where, where were you most challenged well, it's always because you're because essentially my background's in documentary, so the story's always written for me, okay. and it's just about me eking that story out and mm-hmm. trying to find the best angle to tell it or the most interesting things about it. So, yeah. what I found it was a challenge was I was essentially making everything up, and when you're making everything up, it's hard to gauge whether it's realistic or unrealistic, or you know whether it's preposterous or totally legitimate when you're kind of investigating various twists and turns to keep your audience interested. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of felt like that was the biggest challenge was to be like, can this link with that? Can we do this? Can we do that? Is it, is it too much? Is it not enough? Um, are the stakes high enough? Are they too low? You know, those kind of questions mm. I found challenging, basically because my background was dealing with facts, you know, because I come from a documentary background where it's all there. Mm. You don't have to make it up at all. What, what do you think you brought, you were able to bring from documentaries then to help you with this? Um, well, I think I was, I was uh, maybe I was prepared to be more creative in the edit um, because I'm used to trying stuff out in the edit as you do on documentaries um, yeah. with fiction. It's slightly it's slightly more organised prior to the edit, yeah. so there's maybe a tendency to not try so much in the edit. But we kind of approached the edit in the same kind of way we would with a documentary, which was mm-hmm. there were no real rules to what goes where and, and how and, and try stuff out and you might get something better than was was on the script. So is that, is that sort of the difference between, like, with the script, there's, there's, I suppose there's intent with every scene you write, whereas if you go in the edit with a documentary, you might find the story. Yeah, it's, it's well, yes, you've always got sort of an idea of where you're going to take the story, but I would say that in a documentary, you write the story in the edit, whereas in the fiction, you write the story before you shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just sort of two different stages, really, um, and they're just as creative and interesting as each other, but but they um, they are quite different. And in, and in that kind of pre-production stage, and once you've got the script written out, as it were, ready to go, what what were the uh, aspects of the shoot that's you know? Because obviously, when, when we're making films, money's not doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. So, so things you know things I've been budgeted for. What, what what aspects of the shoot seemed like insurmountable, and then how did you break through those? Well, I, I couldn't work out for the life of me how I was going to do the scene in the football stadium right. because I didn't think a any football stadium would let us do it inside, and b how do you fake the noise and the crowd of a full stadium when if you are going to get a stadium, it's going to be completely empty. Yeah. And we didn't have 40,000 extras. So it was like how I couldn't really understand how I was going to make that work. And then 
I also think mostly was the the scene at the end where there's a massive fight between the two of them. Mm. And, you know, you grow up watching films like Gladiator and stuff and it's like amazing. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You see some amazing stuff. And yeah. like, I've seen so many, like I remember watching 300 and thinking it was just so incredibly shot the way that people came together and fought. And I thought, like, even though this is a far smaller scale, people in the cinema are used to seeing fighting or like battle scenes really really advanced mm. so you can't really shortchange them you can't give them something and go well we didn't have as much budget because <laughs> they don't care so i was kind of it was kind of daunting approaching those two days and thinking i've got a, you know it's got a match up to any fight scene in any film it doesn't matter that you've got no money it, you know that's not going to be an excuse so that was quite daunting but i think in the end it it, it looks really good that that particular scene no, no, indeed, indeed. Do you want to give us any sort of um, any creative ideas you came up with then to achieve the sort of, I guess, higher production value results than you than you maybe had at your fingertips? Say that again, sorry. Do you want to give us an example of maybe some of the creative ideas you come up with to 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 start to create those uh, those higher production values that maybe your budget would have, should allow? Uh, it, well, it's it's kind of it's kind of you kind of shoot it differently to make sure that. So, like, it's, it's really how you compose the shots. Okay. So, that, so, that, so you, you know, you might want a 360 set, but you've actually got a very, very small area that you're shooting into because you can't afford to build this 360 shot yeah. set. So, therefore, you're going to shoot it very differently. I don't, I don't think there were any particular tricks of trying to make it look bigger. Um, I think sound is massive, obviously. Okay. Um, so, for example, in the stadium, hmm. like, the, the, the crowd noise, and we recorded a tannoy, loads and loads of sound design to try and make it feel busier which i think works oh, um so i suppose sound really helps but but yeah no I'm, I, I wouldn't say we tried anything particularly spectacular in terms of making it look way more yeah. expensive than it actually was or that we had much more tools to play with than we actually did and who, who are your key collaborators on, on sort of so it's like say let's say choreographing the fight scene who were the people you were collaborating we actually with? had a, we had a few uh fight choreographers um uh uh, we had the guy called Jude, the guy called Dom. Um, one of the things that was really helpful was we had a couple of sort of stuntmen take the punches. So yeah. they looked, you know, they knew how to take them to look realistic. And yeah. those guys were quite helpful whenever we did the fights. But but really, my main collaborator was James Friend, who's the DOP, who was, was sort of had a bit more experience than I did in shooting action. Um, so we discussed it quite a lot about how we were going to approach it. But I always kind of felt like, there's one scene in there which I was really happy with where it's kind of a steady cam shot uh, when Mitch, the protagonist, goes to Adam's house um, and outside there's there's a bunch of sort of gangsters looking after the property. So when he goes to the door, he has to sort of beat, beat his way through them. Yeah. And I'd, I'd always sort of been very keen to shoot without cutting, um, so without sort of like flipping the angles and trying to do sort of a steady cam shot that where just the way we blocked it masked all of the punches as it were. Yeah. And, and so we, so instead of doing loads of different angles of that one scene, I just did one shot and I just did it loads and loads and loads of times to see if I could, I could make it work without any mistakes. And then I felt like, because there wasn't a cut in there and the steady cam sort of glide, glides through the space that it would look more real and, and try to sort of make it feel, um, more epic and I think it kind of worked or I, at least I hope that I had it well it forces us the audience to, 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 to watch what's going on you're not allowed you're not allowed to breathe with the, the, the edit edit can sometimes let you do 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so, casting the film, uh, as well as the story being about different generations, uh, this is tenuous, so bear with me. You've got you've got uh, you've got two pop stars in the, in your cast. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we've got yeah David Essex and you've Harley got David Rizzle Essex yeah. from one generation, and obviously you've got you've got Harley Sylvester Arthur Rizzlekicks. Um, obviously, that, <laughs> the film the film's not important in sense of casting them, but just thinking about casting, and obviously David has got a history of that went from being a pop singer to um, working in film and TV. Um, what was the, what was the, your dis, your logic in choosing Harley then, taking him from that kind of? Well, Harley, Harley, I'd known for a while. Okay, and we'd actually spoken about doing a film before. I knew that his background at Brit School was was as an actor, and that was kind of one of his burning passions was to be in a film. So we'd kind of spoken about it before. We'd done some TV work together, mm. and we'd spoken about it before. And when I wrote the role, I, w- I wasn't convinced that he would be able to do this role because it was really dark. And yeah, it's quite a really, nasty piece of really lovely guy. Which, which isn't really him. Exactly. He's just a really friendly, lovely guy. So yeah. I wasn't necessarily thinking of him, but I sent him the script because he's kind of a friend. I want to know his opinion. Yeah. And he was like, I want to do it. So... I thought, well, that, you know, it's kind of interesting because I do think he's a talented, talented um, actor. So mm. I should definitely meet with him and let's 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 sort of work it through and see if it's a possibility. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And then when he first read, um, although he obviously looked quite, he didn't look right at the time because we hadn't done any makeup and he had long hair and everything else. Um, his acting was really good and, and the emotion that needed to come through with that character was coming through. So I felt like that was the most important thing. And then in terms of, you know, making him look more threatening, that was really a job for us. You know, we shaved his head and we put a scar on him. And we worked a lot about how he held himself physically and how he walked around. And and those things are things you can work on. But whether someone can or can't get the emotion of the character across is something which is harder to work on. And he had that straight away. So... It made me confident that he could do it. Yeah, no, no. From my point of view, he was unrecognisable once once you once the film started. As you know, you see the name as the credit, and then the film starts, and you almost forget immediately. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. proper nasty, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> but I must admit, David Essex is in is in my favourite bit of the film, and this wouldn't spoil it. It's not it's not a massive part of the film, but it did it did. I think it it's kind of a nice sort of light hearted way to to sort of start that bridge between. These, these people from 20 years ago and these people from sort of in the present, as it were, when yeah. he lamps the guy. Yeah. Well, I'd actually seen that scene was from, you know, you get loads of different inspirations across different other films that you've yeah. watched or, uh, I don't know, stuff that you've seen. And that actually, the inspiration for that was that it came from a clip I'd seen online of an ex-vet army veteran 
who I don't know where he was living, but sort of provincial England. Mm. And someone was going round to his house, some kid was going round to his house and shouting in his face and saying, go on, hit me, hit me, hit me, go on, go on, mate, hit me, hit me. And, uh, you know, like throwing his rubbish bin around in the front lawn and, and basically just being really, really arrogant, really dandy guy is desperately trying not to hit him. You can see this guy's a trained fighter. And yeah, eventually it bubbles over and this guy knocks him out with one punch. And I'd seen that video. My friends had sent it to me online like, and we'd all been really amused by it and, um, and satisfied by it. And I just thought that that would be a really good scene where in the cinema you'd get people being really excited to see it. And when we had the premiere, actually, there were people cheering when he did it, David Essex. And I think when he read the role, he was very keen to, play, to do that scene. He really liked that scene and he was really up for doing it. And in a way, you know, with that, it, 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 it does reflect a genuine, I guess, kind of reactionary mood that does exist. It's not like it's it's sort of fantasy. There are people that think that if I just do this, it will solve the problem. Yeah, basically, yeah. I think that. Well, I think that people don't. You know, I'm I'm someone who always felt to a degree like um, like there. You know, your actions have consequences and I, I, I've never been someone who's been loose in that kind of environment where you think well I'll just knock him out and that'll end it because mm. I've always thought well if you beat someone up or you humiliate someone they're just going to come back stronger it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't solve the problem so so yeah I, I, it surprises me that people think that that's a way of dealing with stuff but mm. you know they kind of they do don't they and obviously the, the film plays out and, and has very tragic consequences as, as a result of that but yeah you, you're, I can see how how that would be a kind of yes moment for an audience, but then obviously the the, the, the the sort of moral of the tale is that isn't a yes moment in a way. So sorry, you, you, I lost you for a second there. So that one's yeah, right. I was just saying that I can see how that that moment can be uh, sort of punch the air moment for the audience, but in fact, the tragedy that follows is really the moral of the tale. The moral in the tale, yeah. isn't it? About the, the yeah, exactly. Moment. Well, that's exactly it. And it was it's 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 not. Not so much frustrating because you want your films to have, a, you know, to, to resonate with people and them to have different reactions about what it's about and so on and so forth and what it means. But I suppose it did frustrate me a little bit that some people kind of got the got the sort of the idea that I was glamorising violence, whereas very very much my feeling across the whole thing was not um, to gla- was not to glamorise violence in any way, but really to undermine it. Yeah, I think I think it's almost like it's. That, that moment is a trick, really, isn't it? It, it, it? In that moment, it may be, it is glamorising violence, not not you purposefully, but the fact that, that that's something that we'd all like to do because we think that would solve problems. But what happens subsequently shows... Well, that's the thing, yeah. It's supposed to leave you when you leave the cinema thinking the answer is definitely not violence. The answer is <laughs> to find other ways, other ways of dealing with situations. But yeah, there's certainly, there are certainly points in there um, that allow you to... Sorry, there are certainly points in there that allow you to um, to enjoy someone getting a smack. Exactly. <laughs> someone who needs a smack getting a smack. Um, now, uh, I've not, I'd never seen um, Doug Allen before, and I thought he was a cracking uh, leading man. Uh, he's an amazing leading man. Yeah, I, I, I was amazed he hasn't done more stuff. I think he's so good looking. Yeah, that's what I was And thinking. I think, and he's really stoic. I think the, the, the interesting thing about um, Doug is that um, I, I really wanted to cast leading men that were really good looking. And that sounds a bit like, like obvious, but like <laughs> I kind of feel like in Britain, le- le- leading men aren't aren't um, leading men aren't cast for being good looking. They're kind of like it's almost shunned away from in this country. Mm. It's it's almost difficult to to get a big role 
And if you're too good looking, because you know people think that you should be in romantic comedies or you should, you know, I just I, I don't know. We just seem to shy away from it. So I was really keen that like people for the poster for those parts would be really good looking, and you try and do it a little bit more like um, like it's done in America, you know. Mm. So um, so I thought Doug had a great face, would look great, great on a poster, and, and you know would, would just would be a perfect leading man. And I also thought that when I wrote the part, he looked almost identical really to the person that I, you know, that I kind of had in my mind. Um, so when he walked in, I just, it was a complete gift and I couldn't believe he hadn't done more. So was, I'm amazed. I, I'm surprised. And I hope that this will sort of project him on to do more stuff. But, yeah, no, no, me too. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, cause given, given the rock, you know, given the role of that, he's, he's the epitome of someone that has escaped the life for 20 years and he's become a success and so on and so forth. You needed someone that can, look well, like a success story. <laughs> well, I love that little bit about that. Uh, I, I was saying with, with Doug, what you've got is a character who needs to convey success when you look at him because he's someone yes. left behind the life and therefore he needs to look like success in himself and I think that's what he carries off as well. So those moments when he's walking through the office and he's got the authority to talk to the people who are dicking about and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, he, if he'd just been in like a knuckle-dragging thug, it wouldn't have worked, would it? No, I think I think I think he had to be able to cross over in society mm. and to do that. Yeah, as you say, he had to look a certain way and act a certain way and hold himself a certain way, and he he naturally had all of that. So yeah, it was a re- it was a real bonus finding him. I, I felt like it was a real find, and, and I'm I'd be really excited for him to sort of kick on from here and do some really big stuff. And what was it? What was interesting is a kind of complexity to his character, especially I think it's the scene when uh, he's he's going in because his son's gone a bit, you know, a bit. Took a violent, beginning to take a violent path himself, and him and his wife go to see the teacher, and it's the the wife that's chomping at the bit, wanting to sort of do of justice, as opposed to him. Yeah, sorry, say so, so, so that one more time. Sorry, I was I was saying that the the, the the scene where where he goes to see the teacher about his son with his wife. Yeah, oh, well, and she's what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one yeah. that's chomping at the bit, thinking, "Let's yeah. deck this teacher. Who the hell is he to talk about my son like that?" Whereas, obviously. Your, your um, Doug's character is sort of going we don't hit people anymore so let's just see what we need to do to fix this <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly and I, I also think that I wanted to have the fact that he he had a he had a woman in his life that was you know sometimes mm. these people and it, I know it sounds ridiculous but like some of their wives and, and the right wife some some of you know my friends who have wives sometimes can get wound up by their wife you know yeah. they, they won't want to engage in a certain situation because they don't want to get wound up and their wives are sort of almost <laughs> urged them on to get wound up about it so i kind of like that idea that she was she was getting wound up because he wasn't you know and 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 as you say yeah he he, he was just trying to hold it down and realize that he was in a different sphere and a different part of his life and I'm very much like he doesn't need to get involved and angry. And and it, even when he explodes with his son at the table, it's like it's that kind of dormant beast that he's been desperately trying to keep away from the forefront of his life. Because, you know, for whatever reason he left, he, he he's kind of been able to get rid of that. So so yeah, it was it was just a nice kind of touch that the wife would be absolutely fuming and, and he would be staving that off. Now now Cass Cass Pennant's one of the co-producers on the film. Yeah. And what, what, what involvement did he have in, in terms of the, the story? Obviously, given the, the scene in the football stadium and stuff, I can imagine that. Yeah, well, I think that, that um, Taz was very helpful to sort of, um, to, to sort of 
um, help with the kind of authenticity of like the character, those kinds of people, like Doug's character, and what yeah. those kind of character traits would be like, and um, and just whether he was sort of being you know, a convincing performance in about how um, you know how how he would behave. I suppose um, I think that 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 the film kind of went quite far away from the football hooligan, but but it started in that sphere, and we very much wanted to deliver a film for that market because um, those guys love going to the cinema and they love buying DVDs and they're very into movies. And so mm. we wanted to make a film that played to the, that, the you know, that genre um, and kept all that core audience happy, but also transcended that and, and went elsewhere. But CAD was a vital part in making sure that we could deliver on, on that, really. Okay. Now, now the, um, the, film, the film's already out, isn't it, at the cinemas? Yeah. It's just okay. going into its second week this week. Yes. And uh, and as far yeah. as I can tell, is the D- the DVD is slated for release at the end of the year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes, and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Right then. Uh, one last question for you then. Um, can you recommend me a British film that you feel is grossly underrated and deserves a bit more kudos? Well, you'll be surprised because it's in comedy. It's in romance and comedy. Go on. But I went to see a film called I Give It a Year, which I think did very well, mm. but isn't necessarily... I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It's directed by Dan Mazer, who's the guy that produced all the stuff with Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. And it starred um, a guy called Rafe Spall, who I'm a big fan of as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Merchant's in it as well. It's called I Give It a Year. It came out in 2013. I thought it was really, really, really funny. I went to cinema and was pretty much laughing the whole way through. Um, and I've just checked on IMDb. It's got 5.8 out of 10, and I think film than that. Okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, look, so, like I say, um, the, f- the film's out now, and the DVD's out um, towards the end of the year. Uh, thank you very much, Gabe. No, thank you so much. And thanks um, for all the support from Britflix. I mean, like British films that are low budget really need it. And um, thank you so much for doing that. It's the Britflix.com podcast. Redflix.com podcast. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.